or do you start together, lay and love all over each other, have your sex and then separate and go sleep in separate rooms? The Ugly Truth of Divorce podcast with Sam and Leah, helping you not just survive, but thrive. Welcome back. Um, in today's episode, we are going to tackle sleep divorce. Sleep yes. Divorce. We're going to talk. Well, we'll talk about a couple of things. Yeah. So I get articles periodically related to divorce because I always yeah. like to keep up to date and read things and hear what people are saying. And so I've been getting these articles about sleep divorce. It says they're growing in popularity. Is it time for you to get one? So it says when we talk about couples sleeping separately in sleep medicine, it's usually because there will be mutual benefits to their sleep, mood, and functioning. According to a July 2023 study conducted by the American Academy of Sleep Medicine, more than one-third of people surveyed admitting to sleeping in separate rooms from their partner, either on an occasional or consistent basis. It says a common problem is that one partner snores and it's disruptive to the other partner. Um, so like, would you do this at this point in my life? I, I don't think I would do that. I know that when people get older, yeah. I think people do. I remember my grandparents having separate bedrooms for that specific reason, really? because my, my grandpa snored, like it sounded like he was fucking cutting trees down with a chainsaw. <laughs> and so she needed to just sleep in a different room. Yeah. Um, so I get it, but man, that would suck. That would, I love that intimacy. I love being connected and, and like sleeping next to them and like, you know, I say them, it's only one. I only sleep next to one person. But <laughs> I, you know, I would be, I, I would, I would try to find any other solution. I think whether that's, you know, some people put those like nose things on, or there's like that mouth tape. I don't know if people have used that before. Um, but this is a thing, sleep divorce. People do this where they stay married, but they just sleep in separate rooms. So I guess it's growing in popularity. What do you think? I think, I mean, I have a multitude of thoughts going through my head. I mean, Jared is a horrible snore. Everybody that knows us knows this about him. Um, he has a CPAP machine because he has a deviated septum. And so, which we're going to go get fixed. Uh, mm. but we have to wait because of insurance. We have to wait a year. But um, so he snores like a chainsaw. I mean, it is, okay. it's not something you can sleep through. His brother has the same thing. His brother has a CPAP also, but then also got his deviated septum fix and that, that helped. But I will say as somebody that sleeps next to someone that sounds God awful, like they're dying, which makes my anxiety during my sleep of like, before he got the CPAP of like wondering, is he going to die? So I wouldn't have ever left the room because there were some days I'm like punching him in the chest to like breathe, you know, before oh he God. got that thing. So I don't know that I would have ever slept in a separate room because I would have thought he would have died on his own. But um, <laughs> it, and it was that because you lay there apnea. Yeah, because my my sister-in-law and I, we would send videos to each other of like how long they'd hold their breath, the brothers, because they both have it. And, and so um and it must be a family thing. I don't know because Jared is six five two seventy, and his brother's like maybe six two one eighty one seventy. So they're like they're not the same size or anything. Um, but yeah, his sleep apnea is fucking horrible. So I could see sleeping. The snoring did weigh on our relationship there until he got the C CPAP machine. Like I was like, look, motherfucker. And it caused so many fights. I mean, I would roll over. I'm like, you're snoring. He's like, no, I'm not. And I'm like, he was somebody else when he sleeps. Jared is the biggest teddy bear in the world. But when he's asleep, he is not. And I could see there was plenty of nights I went to the couch because I'm just mm -hmm. like, fuck this. I'm, I need some sleep. So I'll leave. But I don't think if there wasn't a a be like that kind of thing. I don't think I would ever leave the bedroom, but I could see how if you didn't get that addressed, 
and you started sleeping in separate rooms, how you would love the sleep. But I, mm-hmm. I think it would lose the whole vibe of like, before we go to bed, Jared's like rubbing my whole body. You know, like last night I got a massage before I fell asleep. Like that's his physical, that's his love language. And for me receiving it is too. So like to not have that, I feel like then that would lead you down the path of like regimented sex of like, okay, he's going to come into my bedroom on Wednesdays to sleep with me and have sex with me and then leave and then come again Mm -hmm. on Saturday and sleep with. So I feel like the only reason he would come to my bedroom would be to, so I don't know enough about it to know, is that what you end up doing? Or do you start together, lay and love all over each other, have your sex and then separate and go sleep in separate rooms? Cause I do know this is pretty popular, you know, where people are like, my bed is my sanctuary. He gets yeah. to stay up late and he doesn't interrupt me and, and wake me up when he comes in. I think there's pros to it, but I think you would have to be completely on the same page in agreement mm-hmm. that it benefits both people. Because I think the right. person that didn't want it, they'd be start to get resentful of like, why yeah. am I not in bed with you? Like, what are you doing in your room that I can't be in there? Or, you know, I want to sleep with you, but I could see the benefits. Yeah. I think we would just have to be great communication about it. Great yeah. communication. Like both would have to be on board. Um, and then so there's another. So I had a TikTok blow up this week. Mm. Uh, and I was talking about how sometimes a divorce is the catalyst for finding your ideal partner. I really yeah. truly believe this because sometimes, like this happened to me. Yep. I needed to be in a relationship that taught me what I didn't want Preach. and what was not working for me mm-hmm. that I did need in a relationship. I, I like, that's how I learned those things yeah. was not getting them or shit not working out. And so then when I was divorced, then I had this whole new perspective of myself and relationships and marriage and standards. And so it was like, Sometimes you need a fucking practice marriage, you know, you need a trial run to learn things that you would never have known otherwise. And then that will lead you to knowing, having more knowledge about yourself and marriage and relationships. So then you can go out and you can find the right person for yourself. I think it even does a step further and it teaches you when you are finally in that good relationship, the things not to do or say that causes that spiral of fighting and arguing and bitching and moaning. You know, like uh, I just think when I was married in a toxic marriage, the fights were brutal, brutal. The things that were said, the things that were done, right? The, you know, just yeah. I mean, who could be the biggest dick in the room? Um, and then now it's like I can't picture talking like that to Jared. Right. Didn't think twice about talking to my ex-husband like that. Didn't even didn't bat an eye. Didn't flinch. Now I'm like, I wouldn't want to cut somebody like that, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm a very sharp tongue when I'm pushed against the wall, you, you are going to get a tongue lashing. Um, and now I think it's just different. I think that horrible relationship teaches you so much about yourself. And then when you do feel love from somebody with not terms and conditions, um, it, it was a lot for me to get used to. I kept thinking that she was going to drop with Jared though. At the beginning, I was like, there's no way this man is this good. There's no way this man can be this nice and this much patience with me and this much, you know, and it was hard to trust it because of that shitty relationship. No man had ever shown me that type of unconditionalness before. Mm-hmm. So I struggled with it at the beginning. I'll be honest. It was not something I was just like, Oh, this is great. It was like, mm, he'll be a dick eventually. Yeah. No, nope. everyone's <laughs> always on their best behavior in the beginning. Yeah. Right? And then they yeah. settle in and then they, get really comfortable with being crazy and nasty. 
Yeah, which makes me feel bad for those, you know, people out there that are so upset with themselves about a divorce and think that they've made such a a wrong in their life and that, you know, they're tainted or this is just a huge X against them or something. And it's like, no, man, you like took a hard test and you actually passed the test. You figured out that this was not the thing for you and you got out of it. And now you can go on to something great where people are like, I'm a failure. No, you failed at that relationship or that relationship yeah. failed you. Now you get to go on to something great. What's what's phase two? What's step two? Um, yeah. And I, I just don't like that whole, and I did, I walked around with shame and guilt for a long ass time thinking that I had this big scarlet letter, you know, oh, she's the divorced mom, you mm -hmm. know, she's got a horrible co-parenting life. Like, and that's, I think why I thought the shoe would drop with Jared. It was like, who would walk into a situation with, I owed a shit ton of debt to my lawyer, had a crazy ex-husband situation where we were not getting along, had two kids, you know, it was like, who would walk in and be like, let's do it, you know, like, but Jared did. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I honestly, I believe that a failure is only if you learned nothing. Like yeah. that would be a failure. You went through yeah. all that and you fucking learned not a thing and you're just yeah. making the same choices over and over again. Right. But if right. you learn something, it's not a failure. Right. And yeah, I mean, you're so right. Same thing happened to me after my after my second divorce is when I had all the shame talk going on for myself. Honestly, the first one, I didn't. The second one, I was like, Jesus, now I've got two under my belt. Like, yeah, people are going to look at me like I'm a shit show. What's wrong mm -hmm. with her? Mm -hmm. um, but it's like the right person will think that you're perfect just as you are. Like the, the, your, your ideal partner exists and whatever your situation is right now is exactly what they're looking for. Yep. Um, you know, I found a man who was never married and he had no kids and he wanted to get married and he loved that I had a daughter. He didn't care at all that I had been divorced twice. Yep. Um, because from his perspective, it was, well, everyone has a past. Like I can't judge you on your mm -hmm. past. He's like, I've done some shit in my past that I wouldn't want to be judged today about. So I'm, I, it's like from this day forward, that is what I'm looking at and like how we communicate and how we get along and do we have chemistry? And that's what I am looking for. I could give two shits that you had you know, two failed marriages. And, and, and he loved that I had a kid because now we've got this little family. So it's like, don't, don't limit yourself. Like, don't, don't talk to yourself. Like you're not enough, like you're not good enough or no one's going to want you. Cause that's just really not true. There is somebody out there that is looking for exactly what you have to offer. Right. I agree. And, and, and it's about timing, you know, in the world will put it in front of you. The universe will put it in front of you when it's supposed to be time. I mean, I got divorced and early 2000, you know, eight, nine. And then I didn't find Jared till 2015. And so I had to be on a journey for a while till uh, the timing was good. And yeah. it, you know, had I met him in 2000, let's say 10, he wasn't ready. Right. I mean, he, he wasn't ready then, you know, he was still going to work, going out and, and living that life as a single guy with no kids and no wife, you know? And so it wouldn't have been good. He needed to figure out and go through a few more years of being single to realize that he did want to get with somebody and he was even excited to find somebody with kids as well, because he had thought at that time, well, you know, I'm in my thirties. I've already missed that boat. Nobody's going to want to have kids with some 30 year old, some kind, you know, and that wasn't true. Um, cause then I have having kids when I was in my forties. So it's just timing of like putting in the work and, and owning it. Like you're divorced, own it. Like you can't walk around like, Oh, I'm divorced. Like, yep. I'm happily divorced. I always said, yeah. it, even when I was faking it, happily divorced, happily divorced, you know, like, cause I sure as fuck didn't want to stay in that relationship any either. So it's just this divine intervention with yourself that you have to be okay with it. So you can heal from it, learn from it 
and move on. And then yeah. great things can happen. But we have so many clients who just call us and they're just so ashamed of their divorce and, oh, it's going to fuck up my kids. And, you know, nobody's going to want, uh, you know, this single mom with three kids. And it's like, yeah, they will. There's a Jared and a David out there for everybody. I promise you, because they're sitting at home like, man, I've never been married. Maybe some woman's going to think that, you know, there's something wrong with me because I've never right. been married before, right. you know? And it's like, no, that's why we call them unicorns because it's a rarity to find a guy in their mid thirties, forties that hasn't been married, doesn't have kids or doesn't have a crazy psycho ex, you know, girlfriend or a wife or something. So you just got to get past the divorce. I mean, look at the yeah. divorce rate is high. You're in good company. I mean, yeah. The, yeah. A lot of people are divorced. It's right. okay. <laughs> right. The percentage is getting higher and higher. Yeah. So, so to say, Hey, I'm just, you know, and I don't like, and maybe this, maybe this just bothers me. I don't know. But when you fill out forms mm -hmm. and it says like, um, you know, are you single married or divorced? divorced? It doesn't even say single. It just says married, divorced or widowed. Like, can I just be single? Why do I have to mark that I'm divorced everywhere for the rest of my life? Like, right. yeah. And know, like, why, why does that make any difference? Right. I've always wondered that. Single then, yeah. Know? Like, thanks for that. <laughs> thanks for that reminder. Cause I instantly think of my ex-husband. Yep. Thanks for that reminder today. I hadn't even thought about him today until I had to mark that box. Um, <laughs> I've always wondered why they, why they want that. I don't like, know. It always, I don't even know. It's, it's a lot of forms, you know? Yeah. And so, but they never have engaged. That's because I would be marking that for the past seven years. Engaged, right. still engaged, still engaged. <laughs> yeah, I don't That's know. An option. Oh, it was when we were filling out our home loan because we, you know, we had bought a house. And I remember it's like, well, he's marking single. I'm marking divorce, but I'm not divorced from him. So like, why do I have to mark divorced and he gets to mark single? Can we just mark engaged? Like, doesn't that look better on a loan application that we're, you know, yeah. I don't know. I don't know why those things are the way they are, but they are. But yeah. so I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on the sleep divorce thing. And do you feel like you've learned something from your divorce? Let us know wherever you're following us and, and watching this. What has your divorce taught you? And would possibly have a sleep divorce have helped your relationship or hurt it? Um, I think in my marriage to my first husband, it would have hurt it. Mm -hmm. Like there's no way he would have been okay with two separate bedrooms because his anxiety of like mistrust, he would have, he would have thought I was doing something in that room. I was talking to somebody, I was calling somebody, I was texting somebody, you know, or, or just smiling without his permission. So that would have never worked. Yeah. It would, would it ever worked with your first husbands? Would they have been okay with separate bedrooms? Mm, I mean, I think... <laughs> With those, with the first two, I think I would have been okay with separate bedrooms. <laughs> right, right. Like, yeah, go, go away. Um, but with this one, a healthy one, it would, that would be really tough. I don't know what we would do. I don't think either one of us would like it very much. We like no. being really close. There's too much of a codependency when we sleep. Like I remember when we first started dating and, and we're living together, I always like put my pinky in his pants and his underwear and like to fall asleep. Like I had to know he was there. Yeah. Um, and now it's just like one of us always has a foot on the other one that yeah. like the last night he got out of bed because both boys came in our bed. So he left and I woke up instantly. Like I could feel him leaving. And then I was just like, these boys, you know, like, Oh, you know, and he slept on the couch. So yeah, I, those of you that deal with snores, I think you could be like, hell yeah, I want two or three nights of good sleep without a, you know, somebody snoring next to me would be great. Sleep apnea machine is great. It, it, it stops the snoring. So, um, if you're, partner would be willing to do that. It would help out. But I'm curious to see what you guys think. Would you have done a sleep divorce? Um, and I wonder why they call it that because it leads to divorce. Yeah. I don't know why that's the term. That's interesting. I don't know. Yeah. When you first got divorced, did you change your Facebook status right away? 
Well, let's remember Facebook had just come out in 2007. I got divorced in 2008. So if you want to ask okay. me, did I change my status on MySpace? Absolutely. <laughs> because <MySpace>. that, <laughs> that's where, that's that's where you were at. I was hanging out was my yeah. MySpace account, which I still think is active because I don't know what my password or the email was that I, uh, that I used for that. Same. I haven't logged into that in years. It's probably I still I playing mine right away though. I changed it's, mine to like separated right away. It, I guarantee it's probably still playing uh, the John Mayer song that I have in the background of, you know, you know, when you could start your page yeah. and, I, and like yeah, a song yeah. playing and like, yeah, I don't know why, but yeah. Um, I don't think I did. I don't think, I don't think I did. I don't even think I had like, I don't even think back then you had like who you were married to and all right. that kind of jazz. Right. I, I don't remember that being a thing. Uh, I, I used to put everything on Facebook, like going through oh. my Facebook memories year after year. I, I mean, I would just share, share, share. Yeah. And I am so opposite now. I keep a lot private. Except for our talk show and I mean, yeah, except for the shit we put on the internet, <laughs> like, you know, and things we talk about, but like, I'm not posting, you know, like what I'm eating every day. Not wrong with it. I'm just saying like, I am, I changed, like I used to put everything on Facebook and now I like very rarely post. But I think it's all. because of what we do for a living. Cause I, I used to be the same way too. I'll look at posts and I was posting with my little boys. I mean, just even a few years ago when they were babies, I'm like one smiled and one took a big shit and one, you know, yeah. I was posting everything. And now, and partly because I have family far away that I feel like they want to see them. But now I'm like, I'm almost dreading like when a big holiday or something or a birthday comes, I'm like, fuck, I got to go find pictures and make this post. And I'm horrible at taking pictures at special events. I'm more like, live in the moment that I get in the car. I'm like, fuck, we didn't take a picture. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. You know, I'm, I suck at that. And I have girlfriends that are amazing at it. And I'm so jealous. My sister-in-law is good at it. My two girlfriends are good at it. They, they take pictures everywhere. Like they just did for Valentine's day of all the things they did. Shout out to Katie. She's such a good picture memory keeper person. And then I'm over here. Like I haven't taken a picture of me and the kids and I couldn't tell you how long, like, yeah. I suck at that. And I, I wish know. I was better. I forget also. And then it's like, I have, I have none. Like, yeah, <laughs> I need to remember to like ask someone to snap a photo. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we have some people saying here, my divorce taught me that I can do things called life on my own. I stayed yes. too long because of codependency. Life is more peaceful these days as well. Yes. Yeah. And then somebody else saying, oh, my MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> MySpace. Mine was really moody. Very moody, you know. Yeah, I remember well, it. You yeah. could, you could yeah. show, show your personality on there. Who bought MySpace? Where did that go? There was a rumor that like Justin Timberlake bought it. I heard a long time ago, but I, I, that's probably not even true. I don't know what happened to it. I mean, nobody's using it. I don't think. Um, you did not watch the Super Bowl, right? You only watched the first half. Yeah, I watched like the first hour. Oh, did you ever get to see the Duncan commercial with Ben Affleck? And I've been seeing it on TikTok clips of it. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I, I just listened to Gary Vandacek's or Gary uh, V's uh, podcast this morning, and he had all the heads of the major commercial corporations like Elf was on, Kia was on, uh, Duncan was on, uh, Doritos, all the people that put commercials out, the, their head promoting people were on his podcast this morning, and they were talking about why they picked what they picked for the commercial and the Duncan, they first had to go around, all the people had to go around and say one commercial they thought was the best besides their own. And the Duncan one man sold out. Like everybody was like the, du and I think it's our generation because we grew, we grew up with those two guys making movies Yeah. and then J-Lo. I mean, there was just so many big faces in that 
right. commercial, but that commercial also was just like, you remember that it was a Duncan commercial too, where the other ones that were like funny, you're like, what were they promoting though in that? In right. That, you know, like I don't remember, but the elf one was also good because it had Judge Judy in it. So you, that one was really good. I didn't well. that see that one. I see that the one that like too. Jennifer Coolidge, she, you know, she's done some elf ones, but yeah. So anyways, we're getting a little off subject, but cause my space just got us reminiscing, <laughs> um, my space accounts. And for those of you young bloods that don't know what my space is, you're just missing out. I mean, it was just one of the, the greatest social media events of all time. You could be chatting on the screen with people. You could pick like your music. favorite people, right? You could have like your top 10. Like yeah. if, you, if you made it into someone's like top five or top 10, you know that like oh, everybody knew. Yeah. yeah, it was. That's probably how all of our social media identity and stuff got started to get stolen was because of our MySpace accounts, because we put our whole lives out there without even thinking of what it could be. I mean, I think my date of birth, I probably had my phone number, everything <laughs> was address was all on my MySpace account, not even realizing that like hacker galore could be in there. Right, like it was right. just, it was like one of the first social medias besides AOL where we could talk to each other. And it was just, I don't know, it, it was magical. And then Facebook came along and stomped it. But uh, I wonder if MySpace is still a thing. I'm gonna have to Google it now. So, all right, you guys, let us know what you thought. Do you sleep divorce? Is that what caused your divorce? I'm dying to hear from you if it if it ended up causing a divorce because your sex life just dwindled after that. Um, and then also, what was the other thing that we talked about besides sleep divorce? Just get the wisdom that you can gain wisdom, from your yeah. divorce, that it doesn't have to be a bad thing. It could be something that teaches you all the things you needed to know to find your ideal partner. Right. Absolutely. All right, you guys have a good rest of your week and we will be back another time.